This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in the prophet Micah with prophets denounced, the mountain of the Lord's house, the Lord of the whole earth, O little town of Bethlehem, and a remnant delivered. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar, let us first consider our unworthiness, and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Christian Church here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For the 
the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. For these and all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with, his, with might and his arm rules for him. For behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is the word of the Lord.
Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel of the Lord. peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Think of beginnings for a moment. The beginning of your favorite books, of your favorite movies, of your favorite stories, perhaps relevant now, it was the night before Christmas. Or perhaps more, the wrathsing goddess of Peleus, sons Achilles, that cursed wrath which brought down countless sorrows about the Achaeans and sent down to Hades many valiant souls of warriors and made the men themselves to be spoiled for dogs and birds of every kind and thus the will of Zeus was brought to fulfillment. Or tell me muse of the man of many devices driven astray after he had sacked the sacred citadel of Troy. Okay, maybe Greek epic poetry isn't your thing. 
Perhaps you prefer something more modern. When Mr. Bilbo Baggins of Bag End announced that he would shortly be celebrating his 111st birthday with a party of special magnificence, there was much talk and excitement in Hobbiton, or once there were four children whose names were Peter, Susan, Edmund, or Lucy. Or maybe you prefer movies a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You get the picture. Those classics which we love and hold near and dear to our hearts, which keep us coming back and rereading and rewatching, they all have great introductions, great hooks. They pull you in. This is where we find ourselves this morning in the midst of a great hook. Perhaps you may not think of Scripture as a literary classic along the lines of Homer, Tolkien, or Lewis, or a cinematic classic like Star Wars. But the Gospel of Mark starts with a great beginning, the beginning of Gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. We've made it from the, begin- from the end of Christ's ministry to the beginning. Mark leaves out some details, like the genealogies of Matthew and the background of the Holy Family of Luke, and he doesn't have the stylistic writing of John. Mark is a little more immediate than that. Yet in his opening verse, he draws the hearer back to creation, back to the garden, back to the fall, back to our beginnings with our primordial parents of Adam and Eve. (coughs) After all, if it hadn't been for them, we wouldn't be in this mess anyway. In every way, the good news of which Mark writes his introduction draws from Genesis. After all, the Bible is one cohesive theological narrative that is about God saving his creation through Jesus Christ. It is, as one could say, all Christological. You cannot understand Mark's words until you begin at this premise. The beginning tells us what it's all about. The good news of Jesus Christ. The good news promised in the garden after the fall into sin, but before our parents were sent east of Eden. The promise of the coming Savior who will crush the head of Satan, yet only his heel will be bruised. We get to Jesus' earthly beginning at Christmas, beginning, you know well, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. But we're in Advent, the season of penitence and waiting for the coming Savior. And Advent, dear friends in Christ, means John the Baptist. Speaking of beginnings, John has a strange one as well. You know, with Zechariah and Elizabeth, I suppose I can leave that to Luke to tell. Yet John the Baptist is the one who's going to prepare the way of the Lord, to go before him, to make his paths straight. The one crying in the wilderness, dressed a little weirdly and eating some very strange things. There in the desert, John is going about his business of being called a prophet of the Most High going before the Lord to prepare his way, teaching people what it means to repent and be baptized, yet the beginning of Christ's ministry means the end of John's. John knows that. His job is to point people to the Messiah who is right here and now in front of your face, the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, whose sandal John is not even worthy to stoop down and untie. Yes, John's Christ's increase means John's decrease. John the Baptist redirects our focus from himself, 
from the prophets who've gone before to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark lays it all out for us in his beginning, in his eight verses, even in the opening sentence. It's all right there for us. John will usher in the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, his beginning, this Christ lying in the manger because there was no room at the inn who came for you. He came for his cousin John. He came to grant salvation to the entirety of the world. He came so that many may have life and have it abundantly to have grace upon grace. You see, the beginning always has the end in mind. Achilles kills, kills Hector. Odysseus makes it home. Frodo sets sail after the ring is destroyed. Peter closes the frozen door at Aslan's command and the world of Narnia is brought to an end. The rebellion is successful. As much as we focus on the beginnings, they set us up for the ending. Mark does the same. John the Baptist points us to Christ, to the kingdom of heaven at hand. And who is this Christ? By the end of Mark, you know. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. He's the one who came to die. To die the death that each and every one of us deserves. He's come to free you from the bondage of sin and snatch you away from the very claws of death. By his wounds you have been healed. In him you find comfort and peace. The divine shalom found nowhere else outside of Christ. He's the one who's come to fulfill all that is written in the law and the prophets and the Psalms. John has come to convict them of their sins so that they know they're standing before the Lord, recognizing that they are lost and condemned people, thoroughly condemned. Then prepared by John, they can receive forgiveness, life, and salvation, and accept from him that is the Christ, the forgiveness of sins. The beginning prepares us for the end. Whether the beginning or the end, Isaiah or John, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, Genesis, or Revelation, it's all about Christ. We're reminded of this and every Advent season that he's come to save their people from their sins. We're reminded that he is, by way of cliche, the reason for the season. He's come to die and what's more, to rise again. Right here and now in front of your faces, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you see the reality of Mark's gospel. The good news is heard in your ears and tasted on your tongue. Here you are connected to all the beginnings, joining with the prophets of old, the angels who heralded the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and all the rest of the company of heaven who had their beginnings and their endings. Here you taste the forgiveness of Christ's death for your sins and resurrection for your justification. The beginning always has the end in mind. And thanks be to God for his humble beginning. In his name, amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds with true faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.
peace. Let us pray to the Lord. For the church, that the baptized may be given grace to watch with joyful expectation for the appearing of their Lord, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For zeal to proclaim boldly the good news of salvation among our neighbors, co-workers, and families, that all may know the hope that is in us and rejoice themselves in God's gracious forgiveness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the nations that prejudice, terror, and tyranny may be banished in every place, and that justice, peace, and respect for all life may prevail, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, that during their time of affliction, God would grant them healing and release, patience and strength, and a firm faith in his wisdom and love, let us pray to the Lord. For those who commune today, that in godly fear and living faith, they may receive the forgiveness, life, and salvation that our Lord has promised in the eating and drinking of his body and blood, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have departed this life, let us give thanks to God that we may be faithful unto death in order to share with them the joy of the feast that has no end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Grant us, dear Heavenly Father, the fullness of your blessing and mercy, even as we continue to approach your throne of grace through the intercession and merits of your only Son, our long-expected Savior, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of all creation. In your boundless mercy you sent your servant John the Baptist to proclaim that in Christ the kingdom of heaven draws near. With thankful hearts we pray, come Lord Jesus, confident that in his body and blood given us to eat and drink we receive the forgiveness of sins and so proclaim his death until he comes. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and keep you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.